Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And we are on episode 37. Yes, we are. And we got some jokes to talk about, right? Some jokes. Um, we got some. Hmm, how do I put this? Uh, I don't think I'll wear a brand ever again after these conversations for the fifth time, clearly. You know what I mean? Um, and then we're going to talk about influence and the Migos. Okay. Yes, we are. Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Man, the game is changing and more and more the blueprint is being revealed. So it, it evens the playing field. I'm ready to jump right into it. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you already know what time it is. It's the review of the week. And I found very, like, I normally don't show emojis love. I don't know why not, because I love emojis. But uh, this review literally has hand claps, about three of them. So there's way more than three. But, you know. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. Always emoji (laughs) fire, right? And always dropping uh, the emoji gems. All right. Let's go. Shout out to everybody who leaves us a review. Uh, we read them. We love them. And get on our podcast. We clearly read one every single week. Yeah, you know I me. Mean? But yeah. um, how are we feeling, Moose? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Y'all know I've been out in Florida for a little bit. So, uh, this is my last week here, but uh, things have been great, man. I'm excited to uh, to to get rolling with this. I've been I've been studying low key. I've been sending Nikki some things, and I'm kind of like staying a little bit more on the lookout. And like, yeah, I'm I'm ready to ready to share what I got for this week. I'm excited, but I gotta go with a joke first. <laughs> I gotta go with a joke first. So let let's start off with this, right? This is you know. For those who are brand new, shout out to all our new listeners, right? Um, We go over the importance of, you know, brands and business, like pretty much breaking down the blueprint of some of these top brands, celebrities, influencers, right? And this what shows when you have a really established, dope, successful brand you could do whatever in the world you want just like what i am showing on the screen right now for all our uh youtube viewers shout out to y'all y'all see what i'm seeing but uh for our audio people balenciaga unveils new crocs collab featuring stiletto clogs which for our audio uh Listeners, if you have not, uh, just Google uh, Balenciaga and, and Crocs. It is literally a Croc with a heel. 
<laughs> Simply put. Seriously, these ugly, I will say ugly, I'm sorry. Ugly yet very comfortable uh, shoe wear with a, looks like uh, just a rubber heel. It, I don't. What? Was a price shared on that? I, Please don't tell me it's a I don't, crazy I don't price. know. Do I still have it up somewhere? I don't. I don't know if they had a price. I was just so amazed because you know what was funny, right? Um, this reminded me of when people started to customize Jordans and make them into heels. Remember that phase? Yeah. Right. Yep. So people were like, "Oh, this is real." And they were like, no, this is fake. Jordan would never make something like this. So I thought originally this is this is a whole this is a whole lie. This is a complete lie. This can't happen. But it was on all the blogs. I didn't know what to think. Like, why would Balenciaga and Crocs combine to make that? Like, whoever buys that. Shout out to you. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't see myself. I don't, yeah, I don't see myself buying it. I don't, I, me, no, mm, not going to, but, um, not even on the flip side. I, you know what? Now I wonder, let me see if I could look it up as, as we speak. I wonder what that would cost because if that costs. Yeah. I'd want to know the cost. And the reason why I'm asking is because I looked up, before we jumped on, I looked up the average Mm -hmm. price for a pair of Crocs. The average price for a pair of Crocs was 22 bucks. Right. right? Some a little bit higher, some a little bit lower. But for the most part, the average is 22 bucks. The average pair for Balenciaga's is anywhere between five and six hundred dollars. So it's like, okay, hold up a second. (laughs) Yeah. So crazy price gap. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Complex real quick because uh, I, I looked it up. Right. And it says with the first collab. The eight hundred and fifty dollar wow. platform clogs had reportedly sold out before even being readily available in stores. That's crazy. Uh that's crazy. So if you, you're trying to tell me, if you're used to paying 22 bucks for a pair of, sh- I can't even call them shoes. I was, about to call, I was about to say shoes. I had to stop myself. Wow. If you're used to paying $22, you're going to go drop 800 because they put a, wow. uh, yeah, interesting. All right. So but, um, if you, you know, have, huh? I was going to say the only, the only business lesson I can extract from it, though, is just the amount of pairs of Crocs that were sold and why it was beneficial for uh, for Balenciaga to collab with them. There, there could be a lesson here, right? Okay. So they're actually a very popular shoe in Florida. And I really didn't realize this until, you know, just because it just so happens I'm spending the, sh- the, the time out here. Mm-hmm. But I looked it up. They sold 19 million pairs of Crocs in the last year. 19 million pairs. Okay. That's crazy. All right. That's crazy. So I could see like, you know, we always talk about a brand going younger to yep. like expand their reach or whatever. So I, I could see Balenciaga doing that. Like, yo, okay, I know we got a premium brand. We make a million of revenue or a billion of revenue. But I don't know that we sold 19 million pairs of Balenciaga sneakers. But 
<laughs> but these folks right here, Ooh. it's interesting how stuff like that works. Listen, that's what I said. Once you once you're super established and you're successful, you can pull out anything and people yeah. are going to buy it because of your name, not necessarily because of the quality and not necessarily because of what it does. It's really because what? What? No, I'm not. It's weird. Crazy. It's weird. But, you know, shout out, sh- shout out to Balenciaga and Crocs. I don't, you know, I, I, I know. pulling it off. You know, yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all really are robbers. We're going to get into more robbers. But um, <laughs> another thing, another drop that was surprising uh, is, of course, one of my favorite people, Kanye West. All right. I promise you, somehow, some way, I always bring him up every month. But um, the conversation, and we've gone over this in past episodes, of Yeezy and Gap, right? Well, earlier, they said it wasn't going to come out for like a whole year. But I believe it was his birthday uh, this past this Monday. This past week. Yeah. Um, and he dropped... A jacket, a blue recyclable jacket, sold it for $200. Now, that's not what I really want to talk about. What I really want to talk about is that he literally made Gap take everything down from their their, uh, Instagram and only show the jacket. Only show the jacket. Like. Crazy. You probably had a whole guap of posts. You have 3.1 million followers before. Well, maybe a little bit because of Kanye, but you were heavily established before Kanye. And this man literally made them take everything down is incredible. Super incredible. And now... When you go into Gap.com, that's not necessarily the case, right? But it's the first thing you see, right? It's the first thing you see. Mm. Now, I think, so here's the thing with this one. Because I kind of study Kanye tad bit, right? When he drops a sneaker, right, on his website, There's nothing else that you see besides that one sneaker. That's it. There's no distractions. There's no like, oh, okay, you dropped this, but maybe I wanted this. Or you still have this in stock. He makes all the focus on that one particular sneaker, and that is it. And in which, when all the focus is there, you're going to buy it. So he probably was like, you know what? We're going to try this on Gap. We're going to say, mm. first off, it's a surprise, right? Like all my sneakers, none of my sneakers have true release dates. So we're going to try the same method that has been working for me over here. I'm going to work it over here and see if it works as well. And it did because it sold out. A $200 blue recyclable bubble jacket. By Gap. Not to mention that it's uh, a jacket that's being dropped in the summer. It's June. (laughs) It's like, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the type of stuff you see in September, October. My man's dropping it for the summer season. Big facts. So that is, uh, yeah, that's very interesting. But that's a great point, though. I mean, the fact that you can have that much pull mm-hmm. around a brand that you're collaborating with, so much so that even their profile pic doesn't say Gap. It now says Yeezy, right? Like, it shows that, that, that Yeezy logo, which is crazy. It's like, man, that's, I'm, shout out to him for being able to pull that off. But I... I it almost makes me question, like, man, is Gap really on the verge of failing that they want to put all their eggs behind Kanye and say, all right, help us, help us stay alive. Like, we're, we're on the way out. Help us stay alive. <laughs> Nikki's sipping the low tea. I don't know. That, that, that really, that was one of the thoughts that came to my mind, too. Like, man, you are going to let go of, because, like, think of it this way. Imagine somebody comes and collaborates with them, and let's say they've had tremendous success mm-hmm. in their arena or behind what they've, do, what they've done. But we've, we've created a body of work here, too. Does that mean we're going to cre- erase all of our YouTube videos, all of our uh, podcast episodes just because we got... I don't know, Michael Jordan back from retirement or whatever it is. That's that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nikki's like, I mean, if it's MJ, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, we got to see uh, the ROI on that. What's, what's, what are we I doing? I like that. What are we doing? Spoken like a true business yeah, I mean, person. I like that. Just, she said, I mean, I if the numbers make sense, though, we might just have to swallow our pride. Listen, after this next segment, um, yeah, I'm... That's Facts. really, that's yeah. really what I'm talking yeah. about. But let, let's be honest. Uh, I the Gap was very famous when 90s, early 2000s, yeah. maybe whatever. We're in 2021. Ain't nobody talk about nothing of a G or a P or anything of an A for a while, right? Nothing right. from Gap. Like it's been real quiet for them, and. I don't know necessarily why, but it's been very quiet. And now that they have Yeezy, who we can't front as if is not a very, one of the most influential people in hip hop. I don't know necessarily in fashion in totality just yet, but guarantee his track record shows I dropped something and sells out. I dropped something and sells out. Yeah. It is. It is what yeah. it is, right? Um, and so I I don't I can't get mad that they dropped everything just to see if it worked, because what was working before? It was quiet. So let's mm-hmm. you know what? Let's try this. And if it doesn't work, you know what? We can we'll put more pictures. We have these pictures again, we could drop them anytime. Now I'm confused. So we're recording this uh, Thursday. I think that was a Monday drop. I, I'm confused mm-hmm. if it's sold out. Why it's just why it's still up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm very confused by that. But in all actual, it, at the end of the day, the fact that he used his formula that works for Yeezy and brought it to Yeezy Gap really shows that, yo, maybe sometimes if we want something to sell, we need to get rid of all the the distractions. Maybe that's what we're doing wrong. Maybe we're giving too many people too many options. Maybe 
saying even if it didn't sell out, even if it didn't sell out, get it out of the, the website. Get it out. You can bring it back later. Right? But I like that that method. And I'm shoot, I'm gonna see if we could figure out how to do that somehow, some way with our stuff. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Gotta figure that out. That's a good idea though, because like even if you just were to archive all of your posts on a drop one time and you know, like just put all the attention to that one thing mm-hmm. and then unarchive them after, like doesn't hurt. Facts. Doesn't hurt to try. Facts. Yeah. All day. But let's get into the robbery of the year. Mm. Now, of course, uh last episode we uh spoke about Mayweather and uh Logan Paul fighting. And it happened, and um, yeah, okay. And I'm going to try not to bring my boxing life into this podcast. However, um, there was an interview, post, post-fight post interview, that Mayweather did that we're going to play that will make this all make sense and made me, like, have whole new goals. Whole new goals. Yeah. So let's let's get into that. And they say, well, it's, it's not all about the money. Well, your kids can't eat legacy. The patches on my trunk, that's 30 man alone. So who's really the smartest one in the sport of boxing? If you, don't, if you guys don't want to see me do no exhibitions, don't come. Don't watch. When it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. I don't care if y'all write good stories. I don't care if y'all write bad stories. At the end of the day, I will always have a last laugh. Damn, I'm writing this story about Floyd. But look at the house I go to. And look at the house he go to. Then all the guys that y'all said was extraordinary, the Canellos and the Pacquiao's, I made them look ordinary. And then when I see it's a chance for me to do a heist, a quick, <laughs> a quick heist, at the end of the day, I'm the smart one. He said, oh, Floyd don't look good like he used to look. My bank account looking better and better each and every day. Go ahead, Moose. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, there's, a, there's really a lot of lessons to extract from this, man. Like, the, the first thing that immediately comes to mind is that he's really positioned himself as an act that's tough to miss, right? Like, r- regardless of how you feel about what he's doing and who he is, like, because I feel like Floyd, for the most part, let's just say 70% of his career, bare minimum, He's been hated. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's taunting. He's always trash talking. He's flashy. All he cares about is money. Look at what he's doing. Right? Like all along. Now it's all, all he's doing is exhibition. He's not bringing out judges. So he's always been a relatively hated fighter. But I, I, what I give him a lot of credit for is doing enough work on himself to honestly not care about people's opinions. Right. Because while everyone is caught up in the limelights and what is actually happening and we think that some of this is just like, oh, yeah, he's just trying to do whatever. It, the way you hear this man talk, it's like he really got all of his ducks in a row, like everything is accounted for. Every move, there's a reason behind it. Nothing is just a coincidence. 
for the most part, right? I'm sure there are some things that, you know, are, are working out in his favor, but it really seems as though there are a lot of things that are strategically positioned to work out in his favor, and he does not care what you're going to think. So it's himself, his family first, and then if he, if you just so happen to be, you know, in luck and, and catch some of that favor, then so be it. If not, he's not going out of his way to satisfy anyone's needs. So that's the first thing that I see that I'm like, wow, shout out to you for doing enough work on yourself to really make it work. Now, the second part of that, of course, 30 million on the trunks, like, like I said, to me, it's like you have positioned yourself to be such a tough act to miss. You've created such high demand for yourself that even in your exhibition fights, you're going to pull, and I think the number was a million people bought the pay-per-view. Yep. All right? That was one. Not to mention, <laughs> I, I was another. <laughs> Indeed, we, we hear about the fight as well. Mm-hmm. So the, just between us two, there's two people here who, who bought the fight. All right? Not to mention the people who went to uh, the actual fight, right, in Miami. So like between it all, there's a lot of opportunity for him to continue to make money, which is, I hate to say it, but can you blame him if you had an opportunity? I think one number that was thrown out is like every time he really does what he wants on a fight, he can walk away with some something like three hundred and fifty million. It's a like with everything crazy with everything combined. Can you blame him? So that's the part where I'm like, I, I'm I'm me personally. I'm just. I'm saying, yo, don't get caught being a consumer again next time. Like, he's clearly just showed his cards. He said, yo, this is what I'm about moving forward. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. If you get upset next time because he fights and he pulls this off again, that's on you. You just fell for the trick. My man just showed you the game. He said, yo, if you don't want to come, don't come. (laughs) But this is what I'm doing because I'm out here robbing banks legally. Yeah, and that... Listen, he... he, uh... I think it was on Earn Your Leisure where the it almost sounded like hypocritical where he was just like, nah, I ain't, I'm fighting again. I've done what all I needed to do. However, mm. for a YouTuber, for easy 50 mil, give me that, right? And the the crazy thing is that <sighs> he made 30 mil... Off of his trunks. Crazy. He could have just walked. That whole thing. He didn't have to do a punch. He didn't have to do anything. And he made 30 mil just off what he was wearing. Right? And as a boxing fan, yeah, I didn't like this whole thing. I didn't like it at all. But from a person who is also business-minded. Like, we we were live literally right before, and I was like, okay, I'm changing hats. I'm just, like, <laughs> unless you are... I'm not showing brains. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Shout out to the people who did this chair. This is about to get blanked out, too. So better take the screenshot of if you want to know what this chair is. This is about to get blanked out, right? Um, or maybe shout out to Isaiah. Blur this out for me. You know what I mean? But... Um, mm-hmm. The fact that he is taking the the awareness of this fight, right? 
understanding it was going to bring a lot of traffic, understand that uh, people were going to watch it to see what would happen if he was going to lose. How did he look? What would it do for the state of boxing? All that great stuff. Like, he didn't care. He was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this money over here. We're going to do a pop-up shop. I saw uh, his sons did a pop-up shop, sold out of that. The, his jewelry did the NFT. He took full advantage in every single angle and making sure his family took advantage in every single angle the probably the documentary stuff, the the vlogging stuff yeah. that they normally do, got a bag for that, you know, got a bag for certain interviews, got a bag for wearing certain things, got a bag for everything. He makes money from everything that he does. So is that a bad thing or a good thing? Like some people don't do it just for the heart. Some people don't necessarily just do it for the love. Like, and here's here's the thing with with boxing. It is a one person sport. So, and I think we went over this before, where it's not truly a bad thing that he's making these different things. The sports never the sport didn't really do anything for him personally. He did everything for himself in the sport. So what I mean by that is he has his own promotion um, company, right? When he was on top rank, I believe, caused him all this trouble. So he got out of it. So not only did he create his own promotion company, he created his own uh, gear. He created his own media company to do the whole documentary stuff. He created everything and more businesses for his team. So of course, when it comes to the sport, he's like, I'm going to create more just now in a different way. Now, the thing is what I said earlier offline was, okay, we get it. If he touches the ring, it's only for money. And it is what it is. I think the level of mastery that I'm expecting from Floyd now is to do this legal robbery outside of the ring that makes us feel as if he's still inside the ring. Right. And, you know, some will say, well, that's the whole point of having his own boxing promotion company and, and building up these fighters. Yay and nay. Right. I think from an entertainment, if he's going to stay in this whole celebrity boxing thing, which I was truly hoping that that era would really die because I was really hoping that Floyd would have knocked him out. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It's okay. I didn't really expect it, but I kind of did at the same time. But if, if he can create an atmosphere uh, uh, in in an entertainment world where I don't know his spirit still lives. It could be a hologram, your hologram versus my hologram, right? And they're like, "What holograms are fighting? What a kind of like I could see Floyd doing something like that." Let's do a model of my prime against your prime, 
and it be a video game that's literally in a ring. That's dope. That's really cool. Floyd, cut a check. Floyd, cut a check. Cut a check, Floyd. The money team. I'm, check, I'm here for all ideas. I can think of ideas in three seconds for you guys. So um, if anybody knows anybody in the money team or Floyd personally, just say, uh, Nikki says that you should be making that same amount of money outside of the ring, is, but it feels as it's inside the ring, and you have that ability to create anything just like a video game of your prime against maybe one of your biggest rivalries in their prime. Yeah. And, and duke it out. Everybody still wants you to fight uh, Pacquiao, make it up to where both of y'all primes and see what happens. People will pay for that. People will be very confused, just like how they were with this uh, YouTuber. But people will pay for that. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Crazy. Crazy. But um, I wanted to go over something. So we're not a music podcast, even though we do go over a lot of music people, right? Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily uh, talk about music as a career-wise, like look at this single that came out, all that great stuff, and not come up with a lesson. And so we're still not going to do that. Right? <laughs> Still not a music podcast. However, Migos, by the time you listen to this, has dropped their third album, Culture 3, right? And the reason why I wanted to bring it up on the podcast today is because they literally created a new sound for like the decade, right? Everybody that comes out is pretty much having this Migo flow. They are literally the group that no one can mess with right now. They have brands like doing deals with Popeye, Uber Eats, uh, Champs, um, Beats by Dre. And I'm like, what makes them different, right? Bump the whole how they look, the lavish lifestyle, and all that great stuff. I mean, because at this point, anybody could look as if they have everything. So there mm-hmm. had to be something. And there's a bit of lessons when you really go under the hood of the Migos, right? So we found a few clips. And let's talk about influence on this first one. Because it's a lot of people, you know... Salute all the groups in comparison, because I was seeing like little comparisons and stuff like that. But it's like it's a certain way each person did it. That's why they were special in that time. Right. You see what I'm saying? But our cadence is from 2013 to now. I don't care if it's a pop song, a country song. I don't care if it's a new artist coming out. They're gonna have that cadence. That how do we rap? Right. And at first, people didn't under, they couldn't they didn't understand the cadence. So remember, we had the mumble rap stage. Right. 2013, it's mm-hmm. mumble. They, they thought it was mumble. They thought right. it was mumble, but really they had not heard the cadence, the order of the how we bouncing off. So it's like, and when you hear new songs now, I don't care what genre it is, that that bounce is in the flow. You can't do it without a song ain't been, getting done without that in there. So I wanted to bring this up because first off. The fact that 
we all thought mumble rap was a thing. And they literally just said, nah, that's, that's not a thing. It's just you never heard the way this goes before. And, and listening to that and kind of breaking down, I'm like, nah, I didn't understand what y'all were saying. Right? Same thing with, for those who are familiar with Young Thug, because he also, and Future, also, the whole Atlanta scene at one point, I don't know if they said words at a certain period, Mm -hmm. right? But as you listen to the music now, right, and you've gotten used to hearing that particular, like he said, cadence, I'm listening to the music now. I don't think their cadence change, but now I'm hearing words. Mm. So it makes me want to go back. And if any one of the listeners want to hear that, go back. Tell me if, if they were saying words or not. Right. And, and the threes that, that I meant, the Migos, uh, Future and Young Thug. Tell me if they were saying words. And now we're just trying to understand it. Maybe they were like above our time. Maybe we didn't understand that certain kind of culture, no pun intended, but didn't understand that kind of culture first. And they made it almost normal for us to, to recite those, that kind of cadence to be a part of that kind of culture to where, like they said, Every genre has that kind of bounce and it has created this wave of everybody sounding the same. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but the fact that they are the originators, one, one of the originators for this sound says a lot about them. I'm not going to go into too much of, where hip hop is now as far as sounding like Migos, but giving them their flowers as far as you have created a sound, you made everybody understand more about Atlanta and that kind of culture more than anything else. Yes, we could give props and no, no offense to, cause I know we have a whole bunch of Atlanta people as listeners. Shout out to y'all, Shout right? Shout out to y'all. So this is this <laughs> is not a no shade or anything to those who are future fans and young thug fans. They have their 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 flowers as well. But the Migos, I think, has done a lot, not only with who they've worked with, but the different genres they've worked with. And you you have to give you have to look at that and like, yo, how? Like, truly, truly, how did that happen? How did three individuals with just a bounce flow, truly uh, Katy Perry and, and all those other different names, like, how did they attract them? How it doesn't matter what it was, the most bubblegum songs in the world, and you hear the most random ad-libs. This is what I will say. Their ad-libs are one of the best ad-libs ever in this world. I want somebody mm-hmm. to fight me on that one. Fight 
with me on that one. Listen, they're their own hype men. I think that's that's so dope. But overall, like the influence that they have on music because of who they are and mastering that and making it so common is unbelievable. The fact that we have to say, yo, was that mumble rap? Was because it died. Like we didn't, we didn't hear about mumble rap ever again. Like, but it was the same people still relevant. Like Migos didn't go nowhere. They took a little hiatus, but they didn't go nowhere. Young Thug didn't go nowhere. Future didn't go nowhere. But we're not saying there's mumble rap anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think a big part of that is because they continued to make the music. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, although they may have been on a little hiatus, they didn't come back with a completely different flow. Like they didn't come back trying to switch up to bite maybe a J. Cole swag or a Kendrick swag. They're like, nah, we just going to keep putting it out there. And it's a lot like that, that song that you first hear on the radio. You're like, oh, this song terrible. Yeah. You know, and before Spotify and Apple Music and all that, where many of us reverted to the radio, after a while, they would kind of sell you on a song because they just kept on playing it. Yeah. So, you know, as I'm, as I'm kind of like listening to you, because it's funny, like, and you know, there, there are certain things that I learned from even doing a podcast with you that I'm like, wow, I, uh, maybe I need to get out a little bit more. Like that, that whole <laughs> thing with Snoop Dogg that one time, which was hilarious. As I'm listening to... The first time I heard Migos, but this was a while back. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm just being honest. If, if, y'all, first, if you know, you know, go back to where we talked oh, about Snoop's NFT. That's, I'm not giving you the number. <laughs> I'm not giving you the number. Go through our show notes. Go through NikkiAndMoose.com and just maybe search Snoop NFTs and you'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when I first heard Amigos a couple of years back, I'm like, oh, that's a person. They were like, no, that's a group. I'm like, oh, okay, got it. You know, but point is, now I do know who they are mm-hmm. and I, I'm learning more about them. And, and how did they capture my attention? It's, it's, they kept the same sound, you know, like it, it, it's, it's music like theirs that I feel. And, and I feel like maybe at some point we need to make a connection to this at one point as well, too. But I think of artists who make music almost like if it's intentionally created for TikTok because of the TikTok dances, you know, like stuff like that. So uh, I'd be interested to see like how their music does on TikTok as well, because I feel like although maybe one coast or one uh, fan of music may not necessarily enjoy it, there's a whole nother generation or another entirely different coast that absolutely loves the sound of it. So, yeah, those two things definitely are, are pretty interesting. I think I think when you when you break it down with that cadence and how we can always know when Migos come in, I think there were huge influence as well to the to the baby because the baby has gotten um, and we may have to go over him one day, but. So many people is like, yo, you gonna change up your cadence? Like you gonna you gonna change up your flow? Why you you sound the same on every single song? But the crazy mm-hmm. thing, he is another 
top, I would say top five rapper right now. Um, sure. And, and there was this, I, I, this is how I knew outside was outside again. He did a uh, concert in Orlando and it looked like a whole audience of Coachella. Like, wow. and it was just the baby. And it, it was just crazy. But he never changes his flow. Migos don't change their flow. And I think that says a lot. I think they've, they've molded some of these newer generations of rappers. And I, I do believe that Migos do need way more flowers than they have right now. Even though uh, their wrist and their neck and even their glasses say something different. Yeah. They they and gave themselves space. they gave themselves flowers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I think uh, more people need to give them flowers, but more into this for me, I'm big on going under the hood of certain things and always understanding when it comes to whether it's groups or you know I I'm not going to sit here and say Migos are the goats just yet. Right. I'm not going to say that, uh, though they do feel that way. And I believe all you Atlanta um, listeners feel that way. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying I'm not going to say it just yet, just yet. But I do believe the team that is behind them are goats. The reason why I say that uh, the team who, who I mean is uh, QC, Quality Control, right, who is uh, founded by Coach K and uh, P, right? And these two individuals have not only not only responsible for Migos, but the Lil Yachty's, Lil Baby, who is top two probably rapper in this time right now. City Girls, you know, they, but there has to be, when you, Look at all these names that I just said and two individuals, of course, their team as well, but two individuals clearly spearheading this situation. I had to break it down. I had to be like, what in the world is happening? How are you creating this? And I thought I found two really interesting clips, one from when they were talking at um, Diddy's Revolt Summit, Music Summit. And one that they talked about in complex early in the days, but they create brands. Let's just start there. They create brands. So this next clip, you'll understand why I had to pick it. It's a, it's a lot of stat chasing, man. You know, uh, to all you artists out here, just because you 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 popping on Instagram and uh, you know you getting a lot of likes and comments and all that, it, 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 you still got a lot of work to do. You know what I mean? Like, we, when we find something to sign it, most times we sign it from the beginning, the concept, you know, early, and we stick in with the artist and develop it until it turns into a return, and until it turns into a brand. And I, I ain't gonna front. When we sit our artists down, we tell them straight up, we're not about to give you that check. But what we are about to do is put this check into you. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and, it, and by putting this check in you, and we develop you, and then you create the check, and then we can continue to create the check. But we're not just going, hey, man, just 
here's all this money. Go ahead. No, 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 no. No. We're going to give you what's fair, you know what I'm saying, for you. And we're going to put this back and behind you and put it in you so we can really turn you into a brand. I feel like I'm going to go into mm. it, so I'm going to let Moose go first. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that bar, though. He said, we're not going to give you this check. Pause, right? But we're going to put the check into you, meaning like we're going to reinvest the money back into you. I love that because it's like, yo, so many people are quick to make a little bit of money and just take off to the races, not realizing like, yo, that is nothing compared to what you need to uh, sustain, hold on to, or put back into your business really to keep it going, right? So I love that they're like mindful of this idea of like, all right, we're, we're letting you know, even though as our artists and we're responsible for helping you out, we're not going to give you the money up front. We're going to have to hold on to this money, reinvest it back into your brand and your business, and you'll thank us later for the lessons you know, that you acquire from it. And of course, the other part of it is for them, even as business people, they're not looking for just a talented artist. They are looking for someone who can be fully established into a brand. And I'm sure you'll talk on that part a little bit more, but I'm just thinking for me as a business person, this is the best way to avoid like signing an artist that becomes a one-hit wonder or someone who can just be hot for a season but can't necessarily duplicate themselves or has to rely on one source of income to survive when there are so many different ways to monetize now. So I really like, you know, like you said, getting under the hood or really looking at the minds behind what is making these artists pop and, and stay relevant the way that they are because it, it's not such a coincidence after all, man. Like there's really something happening on a on a high level to make it click for everyone. So the you know what what really stood out with this one when you said that like there are people who are going straight for the top tier already. Right? They are willing to put money behind those who are already the best of the best. Right. Which is mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. But they're saying, yeah, we invest in them early, like and mold them. Right. I, I think that in itself shows like this is where loyalty comes in. This is where if we get you early and we mold you into the superstar that you um that you are with this formula and the, it, it it brings up to the point where where are you going like mm. where are you going to go I, you didn't have where other people would be like yo you knew why you got me you knew why i'm here right. like I could go anywhere mm. now. Like I got the leverage. You have money, but I have the leverage because I know why you seeked me out. Right. But that, that just popped in my head when you said that. But the biggest thing that I got out of this one is that talent doesn't make brands. Mm. And let me break that down. I posted, um, uh, like a couple of days ago where it was saying likes and views don't 
uh, doesn't mean you have a brand. And how he said it, it was inspired by this one because he was like, I said, just because you're popular, right? Just because you're popular, you have likes, you're a little, you know, you got a little fan base here and there. Cool. That doesn't mean that we're going to sign you, that you're already established. It doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean a guaranteed check, right? There's so much more to building a brand that's going to last. Your music is going to have a deadline. Like your talent may stop at some point, depending on what you do, right? It may be only good for a season. Like uh, athletes, it's only good for a certain amount. Your talent is only good for a certain amount, but what are you building at the same time that is going to make your talent last longer for just legacy wise Migos is like at the end of the day, their name will ring on for years, decades Mm. after, right? Because of what they've established, how many charts they were on, who they've partnered with, what they've done for the culture, how they've even conquered Atlanta and just hip hop in total. And then from what he said with, yo, we get them and we establish a brand. Let's talk about Lil Yachty real quick, where they got him as literally like a teenager who didn't smoke or drink. And they said, yo, we could brand you. Brands are going to go into that. And when he was signed, only six months later, he had a, a Sprite deal. Wow. And when one brand comes in, more will come. So now they're saying, yo, we could, you have a bit of talent. Absolutely. But what we're going to try to do is make sure that your name rings out in households more than just in this culture, but worldwide. Let's start with Atlanta first, but then let's go nationwide. Then let's go worldwide. And they did that with each one that not only I'm still on Migos had Popeye's. I mean, Hmm. a Popeye deal and an Uber Eats deal. They're on rap snacks heavily that I think that whole uh, I think all of QC is on rap snacks. Right. Little baby has a little rap snack thing. Uh, Migos have like a what is it? Ranch and dip or something. I forgot what it was. Dab. Sorry. Ranch and dab. Um, they, they just have deals that make no sense. That makes all the sense and no sense at the same time. Right. And they did that because we're going to make sure we're, we're going to make sure that music is cool, but you can make money anywhere. Based off your name and based off your credibility. That says a lot. That and, and the fact that so many people are so focused that their talent would get them a check. They're like, yo, I'm not going to give you the check right away. I'm not giving you that. We're going to learn early that we have to reinvest. Early. You are going to be a business 
before anything. You're not going to be a typical little rapper that has its moment and that's it. And then you're broke. Right. You're not going to be maybe a phenomenon on, on social media and then you have nothing to show for it after it's done. After that season is done, we're going to reinvest it over and over again. And now you're on billboards everywhere. Now you're on commercials. Now you're on movies. Now you're you're doing everything in this entertainment world. You are dominating the entertainment world. We're going to get into that a little bit. But that says a lot to where talent doesn't instantly give you a brand, a team, investments, time makes that brand credibility longevity brings that brand not just mm. talent some key ingredients right there you know i mean? see that you know i mean i see we that. go we some go further we go further but i want to get into this next clip and then if we go further we go further but let's uh let's talk about being an underdog because clearly I don't understand why they would think they were underdogs, but there is this bar. I'm big on now finding like serious bars now, like that Deion Sanders one <laughs> that I, I had to make sure we oh, come yeah. back. Right. So I found this bar that was still very good. Now, I don't know if it meets up to it. Y'all, y'all let me know, but you'll hear it. Guys are the mainstream. But, we, we, but that's the thing. When you, when you go to feeling like, you the mainstream, that's when you crash. Like, we still feel like we the underdog. You understand what I'm saying? We going for world domination right now. How much stock? Hey. What percent of stock share we need of the market? We need 80% of the market share. Now we, we got like, damn it, about 35% of the market share. What does 80% of the market share look like? Like, give us 24 months. Hmm. The, the hunger for something that is clearly yours already, right? Yeah. Clearly. Ain't nobody bigger than Migos. Ain't nobody bigger than uh, the baby, uh, little baby. Ain't nobody big, like QC kills it, right? And you're literally still saying that you're the underdog and there's so much more market share to grab. So... Mm. That's what I'm saying. Like, you've killed this lane. And and let's just say, let's just say with Migos only, right? You've killed the group's lane. You've killed the crossing over, which majority of artists would love to do. I even think Migos has a Spanish song. I got to look it up. I, I would be highly wow. shocked if they don't, right? But they've worked with the best. They've worked with all different types of genres, right? What more do they need to do? And maybe they dominated music. And this is where I go from you dominate music with what you did. You've dominated hip hop for the other half. But now maybe are you trying to dominate the whole entertainment world? Because I know they have film. Uh, uh, QC films and QC sports, right? They have kind of like that rock mm. nation kind of vibe, yeah. right? So are you taking over everything entertainment? Are you going to get into, because I know Little Baby by 
I don't know if he wanted to be in this role, but he is like this whole political person because he spoke about the protests. And now a uh, few weeks ago, he was the in the the White House. White House. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when it was the year anniversary of George Floyd. Right. So. I don't know if they're going to try to conquer that side of things, but the. There's so many people that are and we spoke about it with the J. Cole thing that you rap about everything that you wanted and you have everything that you want and you're number one and you're killing the game. You could chill if you wanted to. But. And this is where they differ from J. Cole, because I don't believe J. Cole thinks he's an underdog. They're literally saying, Mm -hmm. nah, nah. Now, here's my question. And and some may some may think yay or nay on this one. Do they um, do they equal up or beat a cash money? Hmm. Do they equal up or beat a Rockefeller? Right? Do they, so the only two um the only two record labels right now that people even recognize is QC and TDE. And TDE has Kendrick, right? Um so but Kendrick has not put out anything recently, but there was a time where it was just like a, not a bat, not, not like a battle, but in one of those interviews, the, the one where coach was talking about branding, uh, TDE was on that same, uh, same stage. So it was oh, like nice. the yeah. behind the scenes of TDE and the behind the scenes of quality control. Those two, like from coast to coast killed the game. And had the best out there. Uh, TDE has SZA. TDE has J-Rock. TDE has Kendrick. Um, There's one more. uh, Oh, um, Schoolboy Q, right? So TDE has a strong formula as well. Mm -hmm. And that's by, oh, what's his name? Oh, man. I think it was Punch. Oh man, I think it is Punch, but I'll find out as Moose talks, right? Um, because mm-hmm. I watched all his I- interviews too at at that point. But to to see that these these new types of of record labels are creating literally monsters, like yeah, and branding monsters. the The whole thing is now they can all create their own record labels. They can all do their own different things because what I'm realizing when it comes to the difference between the top, um, not even the top, but rappers in general now, they're actually getting out of the game sooner because they're already putting their money in other things Mm -hmm. way sooner than before. Yeah. So I'm saying all this because 
they don't necessarily have to have the underdog vibe. They don't necessarily have to feel as if there's so much more to go for. But the fact that they do, like, I'm very curious what's going to happen in the future. I'm very, and that one, that one, that interview was done years ago, right? Um, And after that is when Little Baby and City Girls got really big. Mm. So when they added more, Mm -hmm. yeah. So they're duplicating this formula. And I know one thing, um, and this is because, you know, I I study this situation. But the City Girls, for those who don't know the City Girls, go look them up. Uh, Don't watch the video. That's all I'll say. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, um, I think their latest song is Twerculator. Go at your own risk. That's all I'm saying. I don't know <laughs> if you want to watch that. But um, I say all that because City Girls at one point um, is two females, right? And one of them actually went to jail. And while one of them was in jail was when they blew up. And the reason why is because QC made them work right before the chick had to go to jail. So they had all this content, all this music. And then when one of them finally hit, even though they put out a lot, one of them finally hit, right? The chick was already gone into jail. So one of them Mm -hmm. had to perform all the time, make sure their name and made it very clear that, I'm not going to say uh, young, My- I think it was young Miami, right? I'm not just going to say her. We're still going to say it's city girls. I remember I went to um, Summer Jam and they said city girls. And I'm almost contemplating like, yo, is the chick out? How's the city girls? Wow. And coach was like, yo, we did that because we wanted them to feel as if it is still a group. It's not just one person. It's still a group. And it would make it that much grand when she does come back, when JT does come back. Right. And so the demand is even more because all you saw was one when they were popping. Imagine what happens when both of them are on stage. Imagine when both of them are back making music again. That's not coincidence. You knew exactly when she was going to jail. You made them work and do videos and all that great stuff prior to. So that was strategic. And you dropped them strategically. There's something to that. There's something to that. Not everybody could. Yeah, not everybody could do that. So. You have to look at sometimes, and, and we're big on this podcast as far as the front end sometimes of just looking at the particular celebrity or artist or influencer and looking at that. But this time, instead of just looking at the Migos itself, we have to go back because the team is what's really creating this movement instead of just the Migos, not devaluing them or discrediting them because they are the talent and they are why we come and see them, but why we hear them in household name is because 
of Coach NP is because yeah. of the team from Quality Control. So if we were to break down more of these teams, you would probably understand a bit more how some of these talents then become brands. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I could definitely see it because I think, you know, going off of even like their last line in terms of we don't give you the check, we put the check back into you. Mm-hmm. You could really see that it's a mentality thing, right? It's like, if we, if we show you your riches now, the chances of you being able to continue to work and produce and stay committed to what we're creating can probably dwindle. Like, you know, you mentioned J. Cole and J. Cole kind of talked about it like that. It was that was the reason for him going back to that environment at, you know, in Queens and going back to where he was when he was in college and getting back to his old producer. Like a lot of these things that he did was so that he can almost get away from the comfortable lifestyle that he's been able to attain and enjoy because he didn't have that same drive. So part of that, I do believe that it's a mentality like, hey, I know we're at 35% of the market share right now. Let's push to 80%. So it really is, at least from what I see, a, a, a mentality standpoint, let's push the threshold because much of our success, and this is the second part of it, because you mentioned, you know, uh, Young Money, Rockefeller. The second part of it is they're showing that they probably have the formula more than anything to keep groups together. Facts. Because that, yeah, that same interview, you know, where Migos were, when Migos was speaking, Mm -hmm. they were kind of talking about like, man, there was a point where a lot of people were doubting whether or not we can actually stay together as a group or even though we're, we're siblings or whatever the case might be. But the fact that they survived that storm, you know, like one of the things they were saying is like, we're grateful for each other. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm grateful to be a part of this group. So I think the one thing that is, it's almost one of those things that you can't account for, right? It's not like a, a strategic tactical or technical thing that you can say, oh, it's because of this that they have that. Mm-hmm. You, you can't predict it. It Maybe it's that. Maybe it's really the commitment to one another and to say, hey, although we've all expanded grown brands and businesses and can go independent on our own. Let's stay, let's keep the commitment to, to one another. Let's stay together and let's see what we can really build from there. So I, I, I'm curious to see, to your point, Nick, I'm curious to see what happens five, 10 years from, from now. And can they really prove that they've have the formula more importantly to stay together and how that commitment to one another has helped them to expand and and I mean at that at that market share, you're talking about a complete domination. I mean, there, there's not much left that can happen right. without having to go through them. So that's gonna be very interesting to see. Yep. Listen, it's you gotta pay attention to these things. You gotta I literally yeah. have like a whole little notebook on on coach and NP. I literally do, because mm. it was just like Yo, you keep, it's, you keep doing this. This is, and it's not like, like Migos has been on charts forever, right? Streaming crazy. Lil Yachty, crazy. Lil Baby is, this is arguably like his, we had the year of Drake, like the decade of Drake. They're saying that is probably going to be the decade of the, of Lil Baby. Like he doesn't go 
wrong in any of these verses. It's disgusting. It's horrible. Not yeah. horrible in a yeah. bad way. Um, and then what cities, city girls is doing, it, it, this, is, this is not normal. This is not normal. Like, mm-hmm. you, you look at a cash money, and yes, you had juvenile, right? And of course, you had little Wayne. But the other ones didn't go. So then let's go look at young money, right? And young money, strong. Young money had mm-hmm. uh, Drake. Young money had Nikki, right? And then little trickles like Tiger really didn't get famous till later, like off Young Money, I think. Um, but that there's two. So once again, cash, cash money. Well, I mean, hot boys too, but that's more of a group, right? So they had two or three. Young Money had two or three. We'll think about Rockefeller had Jay, had the uh, beans had the whole state property. Uh, am I forgetting somebody? Did I say bleak? I said bleak. Did I say bleak. No. Okay, bleak. I don't think so. Um. Okay, so that's a group, and like two other people, two three people. I don't know if we want to count Jay. We have to count Jay for Rockefeller, right? You have to. Yeah, yeah. have to. Yeah. So two, three people. So they did good, right? Bad boy. I'm I'm just bringing up like, yeah. Bad boy yeah. had Biggie. Bad boy had uh, Diddy because he was an artist. Um, True. and then, and I'm talking about standing power. I'm not necessarily talking about random. Like they became cool and then they died. Like yeah, yeah. The standing power. All everybody in QC has standing power. Like that's four. Like yeah. so, that's three. Three in a group. No, there's two groups. City Girls is a group. Migos is a group. Lil Yachty, Lil Baby. Like, hmm. I yeah, yeah. This is you gotta pay attention to those little things. You gotta pay attention. But yeah. um, go follow us everywhere. Nikki and Moose. Shout out to our LinkedIn family. We got a little small LinkedIn hey. family. You know I mean, shout out, to, shout out to y'all. Um, shout out, of course, shout out to our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter people. Uh, Tuesdays, every Tuesday on YouTube, 8 p.m. We do a live show on YouTube. Last one was really fire. Um, have been incredible. Yeah, they, yeah. they've been really great. And shout out to everybody who's been on there uh, supporting us. So go check one of those out every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, Moose, final words. Yeah, I'm, I can't get my mind off of 30 million on the trunks. I don't care what you guys think about me. You know, like that, that, that right there is a bar in itself. But what I've extracted from it is, honestly, we all have to do a better job of not putting so much emphasis on other people's opinion of us. And, and wanting to deeply be liked by them, right? At some point, you got to realize that no one's opinion is going to help you keep your lights on, right? It's your ability to believe in what is best for me and let me push that at the front of the agenda because that's what's going to help you get to the next level. 